Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Mike Jay, the Director of Special Projects. SCRS Talks allows our global impact partners to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern. In this installment, we're going to have Catherine Click from Greenfire answer a few questions about sites getting their ducks in a row in regard, with regard to their budgeting for clinical trials. But before we get started, uh, we'll have Catherine give us a little bit of background on her and what she's currently doing with Greenfire. Hi, Catherine. Hi, everyone. Thanks for that intro. Um, this is Catherine Click with Greenfire. I am the Director of Clinical Pricing and Analysis at Greenfire, and um, we're working on some pretty exciting things to support the industry um, in uh, site budgeting and uh, payments. Um, I'm formerly of uh, the sponsor side. I've worked at uh, Janssen R&D. Uh, prior to that, I worked at PRA and PPD um, in various capacities in site startup and uh, site payments. Um, so I'm looking forward to this discussion, and, and thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. So Greenfire and the Society have worked for several years on this issue. We've done surveys with you and, and all kinds of presentations. So um, one of the items that came out of one of the surveys we did that noted that in the clinical trial budget process, with the goal being for the site to cover the costs of for all their anticipated activities, uh, we asked the sites what their biggest challenge was in budget negotiations, and the majority of sites said getting the budget they think is appropriate for the project. So in your opinion, how can sites be more effective in budget negotiation? This is a fantastic question, and it's this is really getting at the meat of the issue, right? Um, at Greenfire, we, we love to... Uh, use the phrase, get your ducks in a row, hence the, the title of the podcast uh, uh, today. Um, it's about understanding uh, what your costs are, first and foremost, formalizing a fee schedule by looking back at what your historical budgeting was uh, for various studies that you've supported versus the actual costs incurred and see if there's any space between the two. Uh, and use that information to formalize a fee schedule and create better estimates, noting studies change and evolve over time, over the course of amendments, um, emerging data. Uh, sponsors need to ensure defensibility of agreed budgets. So if sites have adequate documentation and justification for fee requests, they're more likely to achieve quick re resolution and agreement in negotiations. As a site, have on hand what you've previously agreed to with the sponsor to expedite negotiations, noting full well with the caveat that past agreed values do not necessarily dictate future agreed values or set precedent for all budgets moving forward with that sponsor. And finally, ensure communication between parties. So if a site has multiple teams involved in the startup process, Note the various escalation pathways and sign-offs required internally when you start negotiations with a given sponsor or CRO. So they'll give you adequate lead time to work through internal processes. I think that is the, the big challenge um, on just on the negotiation front, reaching resolution, is understanding the, the various components uh, that go into arriving at an agreed budget. 
And then one of the things you mentioned there was adequate documentation. Yes. Absolutely. Did I catch that right? Okay, so, I wrote that down. Adequate, yep, adequate documentation. So I strongly recommend sites uh, to understand the complexities of the protocol in question, um, ensure that all of the voices are heard on the site end from the various departments that have to be involved um, in the clinical research uh, for a given a given study, and then um, uh, write out all of the requirements on institutional letterhead so it's formalized and it's something that the sponsor can then take and review and um, attach as a defensible uh, component of the why behind they agreed to uh, the list of fees with a given institution. Defensibility is key here on the sponsor end. Right. And let everybody know, since you have spent time at the sponsor side, what defensibility means. So that's a great question. The sponsors, when, when sponsors undertake uh, a clinical trial, um, there are, as we all know, so many moving parts. But if a, if a budget is agreed with a given institution, and there are certain fees that fall outside of uh, whatever data the sponsor is using as a starting point for fair and reasonable reimbursement to a given institution, the sponsor has to then uh, justify the why behind paying the, the site certain values that fell outside of the, the benchmarks or the, the data that they had that, that dictated that fair market value. Um, so in the case of an audit, the sponsor can produce documentation justifying those fees that might fall outside of what would what would be deemed as otherwise uh, normal or average. Okay. Yeah, I've I've had I've brought this up before at some of my presentations too. Is that they, that sponsors can't just approve anything. They they might get uh, somebody <laughs> they might something might get flagged, and yep. they're going to have to say why did you give Doctor X so much more money for that physical, and they have to be able to provide all this documentation. Absolutely. Defend Defensibility, yep, is, is a huge component of clinical trial budgeting. So as sites um, submit this documentation, um, would you agree that the site should probably do this upfront when they're making their edits rather than send in a contract with some edits and then get a response saying, please, send documentation so they could really tighten up their timelines on the site side if they send the documentation back without being, I mean, not back, but to the sponsor or CRO without being having been asked for it. Absolutely. So anything that, that you can do as a site to expedite or reduce the number of times you have to go back and forth with the sponsor, that will ensure or that will ease the decision uh, to agree to certain costs, especially if you have that documentation up front. So if you send your first response back to a sponsor or CRO with all of the uh, required documentation that they could possibly need um, to ensure defensibility of, of those values, those agreed values, 
then um, you're you're just going to reach agreement sooner and and reduce that end-to-end um, initial offer to full execution of agreement timeline. Yep. And so if if sites would go uh, move towards that showing up their kind of um, their response time, sites also say that sometimes sponsors and CROs can take a long time to respond to what they send in. So how how can that be improved? So this is a great question. I, I think honestly, especially in this time of COVID-19, we're all, um, those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to work remotely, uh, we're relying upon email heavily. Um, before COVID-19, email was, was the preferred method of communication. Uh, what I've found in various capacities is that it may be as simple as picking up the phone and reaching out. Um, we're so email-based and we often overlook or lose sight of the human component and the relationships required to get things done. In all likelihood, a given site will negotiate with a given contact, you know, sponsor or CRO multiple times across multiple studies um, and or sponsors or CROs. So if you foster a rapport with that contact, you'll be far more likely to receive a timely response, and it goes both ways. There are negotiators in this industry, be they sponsor or site side, excuse me, who have a good reputation for being reasonable and easy to work with. Those folks have much better success rates because they're prioritized on the list when their name pops up. One final thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about was standard site lists of fees when we're talking about appropriate documentation, things like that. The standard list of fees versus data-led costs. Could you describe the two of those things and how they're related? Sure. So, um, as I had mentioned, having all of your ducks in a row in the form of uh, a standardized list of fees on institutional letterhead um, ensures a level of justification and defensibility um, for, for those fee requests on behalf of the sponsor. Um, Data-led costs are more so um, sponsor-driven on behalf of um, the various negotiated costs over the course of time that are fed into a, a database of industry benchmarks, um, so fair market value. Um, there isn't always alignment between the standard site list of fees uh, that you'll see, for instance, in the U.S. or in Germany um, or in Belgium because that database um, uh, of fair market value takes some time to catch up to what has been negotiated. Um, so it's typically a quarter behind or more. Um, so the sponsor is using reference data that's not necessarily reflective of what a site's fees are being negotiated right now. Um, and the challenge with sponsors on the sponsor side is using the reference data available, um, both from a fair market value perspective and, and perhaps what has been negotiated with an institution previously, and using that to inform an educated decision as to whether or not they can agree to certain fees that are listed within a, a site's um, institutional documentation. So there's there's oftentimes a gap between what is 
requested requested excuse me versus what is um, actually included in the agreement and then subsequently feeding back into um, the the fair market value uh, or the the source data that the sponsor is using to make informed decisions about um, their clinical trial budgets. So there's a challenge on the sponsor end, going back to defensibility, to ensure that their, their data, their reference data, is timely and aligning with what sites are requesting. Um, so this, I know, is a pain point for sites especially when the source data is not catching up to the current needs of, of sites as they support ever more complex clinical trials. Um, but it's, it's a challenge that each sponsor has addressed differently depending upon their needs, um, depending upon their internal standard operating procedures. And uh, sites, I think sites are getting um, wind of and far more educated on uh, fees and how to adequately ensure that their fees are covered um, and approved by the sponsor, but there's still, there's still a gap between the standard site list of fees versus the data that's driving the sponsor's decisions on the budgeting end. Okay, thanks for defining those two things and, and clearing up the differences. Catherine, thanks very much. It goes quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> that, that really went quickly. It was great speaking with you. Thank you. You too. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to our podcast today. Uh, make sure you register for upcoming webinars and discussions by visiting our learning campus, as well as the SCRS Insight Journal. Published quarterly for members in the member section of our website, myscrs.org. Catherine, do you have a website you'd like to have everyone go to before we finish? Sure, greenfire.com. Greenfire.com. Thanks very much. We appreciate everyone's participation in today's program, and we all look forward to bringing you more content in the future. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.